Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail and let's get real. Okay, you guys. So today we are joined by Natalie Jane. She is a fine art wedding photographer based in Richmond, Virginia. She's incredibly talented. Natalie values experience in life more than anything else. And so it's really important to her to create a balanced business that doesn't control her life. And today she's going to be talking with us about not really commonly talked about topic. And I'm really excited to dig in with her. We are going to be talking about what to do in your business, what to do to prepare your business for traumatic experiences in your personal life. Quick shout out to you. Cause like one of the reasons I'm so excited to be on your podcast lately is the environment I feel like you create here. So I felt really open and comfortable to talk about this. It's like a really great space for that. So I'm really excited to be here. I started my business when I was 19. I was working with kids over the summer. I don't know what to call my job title then, but basically a teacher slash camp counselor situation. And I was also going to college. I got my associate in science and I actually thought I was going to be a dentist, not a dentist. <laughs> I went to this orientation at VCU and I sat with a panel of students that were in dental school and they just all looked miserable to me and I panicked and I left early and I kind of had a crisis but what was really great is I had already been doing photography for a few years and it just felt right to me and I knew I couldn't do anything else so really photography kind of chose me which is kind of special so I got my bachelor's in photography and film from VCU last year and I've been full-time for one year which is exciting but one thing that I really wish someone would have told me when I started was that something bad will eventually happen and that you should have a plan in place to keep your business going while you take time to cope. So that's something I wanted to chat with everyone about. I love that. I think it's such an important topic and it is one of those things that unfortunately, I know that a lot of people might think that it sounds kind of negative, but bad things will happen. Like it's not an if, it's a when. And so I think being prepared is so important and also kind of thinking through and hearing experiences of people who have gone through things is really important. So I'd love to hear kind of more about your story. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's, I didn't want to be negative either before because you don't want to ever think something bad's going to happen. But of course, if you talk to any legal person, they're going to tell you like, you know, you need to prepare your business. The same as a contract. You just always want to prepare yourself. So like I said, my experience, one of the things that I wish someone taught me was how to handle a traumatic experience. And I felt like no one talked about what to do when you're going through something like earth shaking is how I referred to it earlier, but um, something just really emotionally heavy. And how do you keep running your business when you can barely get up? And that sounds dramatic, but I was experiencing one of those really traumatizing experiences. The most traumatizing experience I had ever experience in my life. And the thing that most people don't realize about small business owners is that we run on self-motivation. Like no one's holding us accountable, but us, unless we have an accountability coach or something, but I don't feel like a lot of business owners do. I do not. So when we aren't mentally available for ourselves, that can reflect back on our businesses and how can we pour into someone else when our cup is empty, you know, like we have a flexible schedule and everything, but when we have deadlines, there's no like sick leave or taking a few days off, there's bills to pay and it feels like time's just being wasted. And, you know, in our world, it's typical that if we don't have, if we don't work, money stops coming in for the most part. So no one was there to pick up my slack when I was hurting. And that's kind of where the inspiration like came from for all this. If that makes sense. 
Absolutely. I think that it is really common for the majority of people to kind of overlook that part of running a business, especially when it's a one person business. Or in my case, even though I do employ like a small team, if I'm not, if I'm not at my best or if I'm not even like able to work, the money does stop coming in to a certain extent. And so I think about for the past, however many years I've been in business, up until the point where I did have people working like for me and with me. And before I put some plans into place, really, if I don't work, I not $1 comes in. Right. It's just so, your, our work time is like a mirror, like whatever, whatever we put into it, we get out, which is awesome because we can real, there's no limit on how much we can make and how much we can accomplish. I think that's so special, but then also if something happens that also is a mirror and it reflects, um, I'm not saying you're going to like not make anything because most of us, uh, like we're both wedding photographers and that's like a more long-term job. We're hired a year out. So we know we have something coming in, but like, you know, not responding to emails and things like that, like not, not booking any further because you're not present in your business can be really hurtful. Absolutely. And there's just so much more that goes into it that, you know, you, you kind of have to do a lot of work on the front end And if you're not able to do it, then that's going to affect you further down the line as well. So yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, my goal for all of like talking to you about this and all the listeners is to be just like open and vulnerable about this kind of what I went through. And I just hope that like everyone listening has an open heart about it and, you know, just learns from my mistakes and hopefully if they ever go through something or if you ever go through something um, like I did, then you won't be in the same position I was in. I was with someone for seven years and we were engaged and truthfully, like my world crashed. I didn't talk about it. This happened two years ago. I didn't post about it, nothing. I just kept to myself, which I don't regret. And I'll talk about that later. But I was going through the most intense, unhealthy, just toxic experience of my life. And it lasted for about six months. It was a really long process. And I just was not mentally stable to be running my business alone. And I didn't recognize it at the time. And I really wish I did. And I wish I had a plan in place. And that mistake I made running a business alone, like granted, I ran into other mistakes because of it. And I truly put my business second during that morning phase, which wasn't fair to my clients, which I can see so clearly. And one thing I wish I understood better was when I experienced that was like, you are not your business. It's an expression of you. And so it's, it's just so easy to, to take things personally. So when I had something personal go on my life, it reflected my business because I felt like I was my business, you know, like we're so connected to what we do that it was hard for me to separate those two things. Absolutely. Yeah. You totally get it. And the problem here is that like every failure I had during the process was just like a crushing blow to my self-worth. I just felt terrible. And I learned that your self-worth shouldn't be defined by your business worth. But through the process, I didn't realize that. I didn't see that. So once I was through the trauma, I came back to this like pile of shame. I disappointed myself and some of my clients too. And I wasn't sure how to recover and get back to where I was. And honestly, in my head, I was kind of thinking all anyone's ever going to see is this like one mistake that I made and I wasn't sure what to do, but it's not true. And mistakes have the power to turn you into something better than you were before, you know? So I just, I really learned a lot during all this. So hopefully like some of my tips will, will help with getting through something if you ever go through something. 
I love that you're presenting this from a perspective of hope. And I so appreciate you sharing, sharing this with us because I feel like a lot of times whenever we do have any kind of failure or setback in our businesses, we kind of view it as an end all be all situation because like you said, it is so tied to our personal lives and our personal self-worth. And so just already without even hearing like the mistakes that you're going to share with us that you may have made or the things that you've put in place, just knowing that there's hope on the other end and seeing how successful you are in your current state. And then knowing what I didn't know, which was a couple of years ago that you ran into like this really traumatic experience and came out of it gives me hope that if, and if anything or when anything bad happens in the future, it's not going to be the end. So I would love to hear a little bit about, like you mentioned that like any kind of mistakes you made or tips that you want to give, just feel free, like dive in and share with us what, what people can, can take away. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you too, about like failure feeling like the end of it. Cause it's what, what's on the other side is so much more incredible than I ever could have imagined. It's, I heard a quote and it was like talking how failure is the fertilizer for the rest of your business. And I really took that to heart because I just, I took those failures, those mistakes, and I made sure that they would never happen again. So you just learn to give yourself grace and forgiveness and move forward and apply those things. And I also learned to build a balanced business and life that embraces all the parts of my identity, not just like my business. And you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I just learned a lot. Yes, I have a few pieces of advice. So every person deals with tragedy differently. So feel free to take your own golden nuggets out of this and apply like what feels good for you in your business. But my first piece of advice is to purposely take time off and set up your business to run without you. That's such a big task when you think about it. But it's really important to ask for help, especially when you're going through something traumatic. I know entrepreneurs aren't used to asking for help, but you got to do it. You got to just ask for help. The first step to setting up your business wrong without you is getting help. Like you said, you run a team and if something were to happen, you have them as like, you know, not your backup plan, but like they are there to help you. And that is hard sometimes when you are so connected to your business to ask for that help and give away those tasks that you feel like only you can do, but that's just not true. And asking for help can give you so much freedom and space to cope with something terrible going on. Um, so teach someone your business and hire someone and or a team and like you have to let it go, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. My second tip is to outsource. So this is very similar. This is what your team would be doing. And also other people, like I know that you, do you have an editor? I do. Thank goodness. Yes. Cause I think, I think I would follow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like there's just little tasks that you don't have to be doing. You can teach someone to edit your photos, right? Like there's so many tasks in our business that we don't need to be doing. Like take a look at what you have to do yourself and what you don't have to do yourself and really think about what you can outsource. So if you don't already have a workflow that includes like candid emails and et cetera, you know, you need to set that up today, not tomorrow. Like you need to get it done. <laughs> you should be outsourcing anything that overwhelms you really. Like for me, one of the hardest things to deal with when I was going through my coping phase was emails. I was just getting floods of emails. It was so great. My business was doing really well. So I loved getting the increase, but I felt so overwhelmed and I had candid emails. Like I had all of that, but I didn't have a team to help me. So that was one of my big regrets. Yeah. So you should just be doing, you know, like outsourcing anything that overwhelms you. So like editing emails and even chores, like don't be too proud if you just need a little bit of help while you're going through something heartbreaking. I have a lot of 
friends in my life who had people die and they outsourced their cleaning. Like it's not anything you shouldn't feel like too good for that or what, or like not going to, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like it's like a bougie thing to get your house like cleaned, but it's okay to ask for help, you know? Absolutely. And I think that it's really important to, to kind of jump in and, and just share a little bit of encouragement that if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not really going through anything like crazy right now. This is the perfect time to start setting up processes and outsourcing to prepare for the times where you will need more help. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen people make time and time again is I'm like, oh, well, I can handle everything right now. And then months later, you're like, oh, why did I not set up? Like, <laughs> And drowning. Or yeah, exactly. I'm drowning. I don't know how to handle it. And you're like, that's the last, <laughs> that is like the last point in time where you should be setting up editing. Like even if you use, I mean, we're really lucky because we're kind of in a time where you can use private editors. I'm using like photo editing as an example for those of you out there who are not photographers, just as an example though, like we have like photographers edit and other companies like that where it's such an easy service to get a hold of. Same thing with virtual assistants. If you're not a photographer and you're just a business owner, you can literally go Google virtual assistant and you don't even have to go through interviewing people in person. You can just find someone on the internet. We live in a great time to do that. So just getting ahead of it, I think is really important. Do you have any other kind of tips that people can put into place beforehand? Yeah, I honestly think I was going to say the same thing as you said. It's totally like on point. I think that taking care of to prepare your business to run on its own now, like that was going to be one of my tips because you don't know when something's bad going to happen. It's not like you're prepared for something and then like you're, you're preparing for like a certain date or something. It just happens. So I think just preparing in advance is really important. Another thing I was going to say is social media was really hard for me to manage when I was going through something hard because it does turn into a comparison game for most of us. And that's something really great to just go ahead and outsource. There's also scheduling apps that you can start using now. So you can schedule out your Instagram. I mean, like as far in advance as you want, you can, you can schedule out like hundreds of things, just getting that under control. So if something were to happen, you, you know, you have like a month of things scheduled out there's just things like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like backend things that don't require your everyday maintenance that you could be doing now to prepare yourself for something happened. Yeah. And like you said, like hiring people, like just even like for an editor, like maybe try out editing a few times, like know who you would go to just kind of preparing yourself for if something were to happen, you know, you have people that you trust. Yeah. Like you said, you can look at people very easily. So it's, it's really not hard to find people to help you out. And I know there's a lot of people that would help you out even close to you. So my last tip was, or one of my last tips was to create a plan, like regarding all of this, you should do it now and create like a disaster plan. So write down everything you do, like everything, like workflow type of thing, like, but do that for every part of your business. So instead of doing like a client workflow, you do like a business workflow, like everything you do, every part of your business, like social media, client experience, just everything, just write down like everything that you do. And that way you can look at it and see what you don't need to be managing. So that way you can set up your business for success later if something were to happen. Because something bad will eventually happen and you honestly need to set up a disaster plan and just, you know, it'll be the essential map for your team to follow. And I think happens. Yes. I actually, it's really funny because I have, I have this in place and I like that you call it a disaster plan and I'm definitely going to, I'm going to adapt that because I call it I call it my death plan. Which oh, no. 
It's probably a little bit too morbid. Um, it's slightly morbid, but it's okay. We'll call it Disaster Plan now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go ahead and adapt that new title. But I love it because it's the concept of of preparing a step-by-step process where somebody could come in like, if I were to die tomorrow, somebody could access you know, a binder of information, a folder of information, yes. files that will tell you specifically step-by-step what to do to be able to wrap up loose ends and then basically either, you know, continue or end my business based on, based on what that scenario is. And I would just say being really specific there is so important because sometimes we say things that we do in our business every day that are easy to us, but the concept is, or at least for me, I don't know about you. I don't know about how you approach it, but for me, I approached it like, I would need somebody who literally has maybe not worked in my business a day in their lives to be able to then step in and take over without, without a problem. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think it's even a good idea. Like you said, explain it, explain your business to someone who's never done it before. Even just like record yourself and try to explain to someone who knows nothing about your business. And then you'll really figure out all the stuff you have to do. Like, okay, if this person that has never seen any back ends of my business before can run it after I'm done talking, then like that's everything you need to lay out, if that makes sense. So yeah, I've heard lawyers talk about doing like the death, the death plan basically, like with passwords and just everything to close to wrap everything up. Yeah. So I think that's also very important. But this is a little more like light where you're just kind of explaining how to continue to run your business. So this is like assuming something bad happens, but you're coming back. So you kind of need two plans in my opinion. Yeah. I actually really like that. I think that it could be nice to have one that's like, I'm coming back and you can still, (laughs) (laughs) I'll still be here. (laughs) Yes. Like if you have questions, you can still access me, but this is what you need to run it as opposed to like, there's zero access to me. I'm you know, it's it's hard to imagine. And so I think that that's also another, just something else to think about is a lot of times we'll see, or I'll see specifically, I don't know if it's because I have a process in order, but a lot of times I'll see like on Facebook or any kind of business forum where people are like, this is so dramatic. I'm not getting this in place. Like my client asks what happens if I die or if I can't be there. And I'm like, well, I'll have better, bigger things to worry about. And I sit here thinking as a business owner, that's probably not the best perspective. Like yeah. you're not being over dramatic. You're just being prepared. You need to be realistic. And especially for your clients, like if something were to happen, then they need to know what will happen to them. Like it does your absence affects them. So it's just, you just have to prepare yourself. It's just part of life. Like things do happen. Unfortunately, like I sound like such a lawyer right now, but (laughs) they do happen and you should be prepared. And that is not just including if you are no longer here, you know, there, there are situations where you just like mental health is really important to me. And I just think that you should take that seriously. So if your mental health is not present because of some situation, you need to be prepared for that. Yeah, there's just a lot to think about. But I mean, I think it is really important to also like set boundaries and expectations for yourself and your team so you don't get overwhelmed with work and like set a schedule and stick to it. Even if you're working like 10 minutes at a time, that's kind of how I ease back into work is I would work like 10 minute spurts and that's not a lot, but it was something to get me back into it. Just where I could mentally shut off my brain and I'm like, I'm just, just for 10 minutes, I need to like not think about what I'm going through and just work. Like I need to just not, you know, try to like separate. And then those short bursts got longer and longer and it was really helpful for me. 
Yeah. I love that advice. I think that's really important too. It's also important to get out of the house. That's like also an important piece of advice. It's like hard to force yourself out. But when I was working, I I feel like when I would force myself to just go to Starbucks or something and work for those short bursts, that would be really helpful because you can like separate yourself from your, you know, from what you're going through for the most part. So that was really helpful. And also like regarding teams, I know you have a team, like if anything were to happen, I think it's important to like set up boundaries with them too, because you know, if they're like running your business, basically they're going to need to communicate with you. There's things that come up that don't have like a workflow sometimes. So you can set boundaries to them saying like, Hey, you can contact me between like 10 AM and 1 PM every day. Like I'll be present to respond to you and stick to that. And then the rest of the time you don't have to worry about communicating and things like that. Just kind of setting up boundaries in every way if that makes sense. Absolutely. It does. I think that that is so important. I would love to kind of know. So whenever you were going through your trauma a couple of years ago and you ran into all of like all the issues that you've now ironed through and prepared for, what was like, what was one of your biggest takeaways from it? What did you feel like kind of stuck out the most you were surprised you the most that you kind of had to battle? That's a really good question. I already have an answer for it because I just, it sticks out so clearly in my mind, but it's that Trauma has no timeline. Like truly it doesn't. I would tell myself, I I woke up every day with the intention to work. I woke up every day with the intention to be present, but it just, it wouldn't happen for one reason or another, just for what I was going through. It was a very long experience. So it's just the, yeah, trauma has no timeline and that you should, you almost need to have a plan with no timeline. You kind of need to prepare yourself like when I come back eventually, like you don't need to say like two weeks or a month because I would think every day I was going to, and then I'd be like, okay, next week I'm diving in two weeks and diving in. Like I would think within like six months, I would be definitely diving in six months later. I'm still going through it. So it was just really, I just really learned that. Yeah. Trauma has no timeline and you need to understand that in order to create like your plan. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about when you're going through it. Cause I totally agree. There is no timeline. We talked a little bit, you touched a little bit about social media. Like how did you approach it with the, the people in your professional life? Like tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So with my clients, I think the mistake that I made was that I was open and vulnerable with them, but maybe too much. Um, I think if I could go back, I really would be vulnerable, like communicate and be realistic and set expectations, but I would keep it professional knowing that they are my client and I am a business, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. I totally agree that keeping things professional is something that is very underrated in our kind of societal place right now. I think we're so encouraged all the time to be like, we're human, let people in. And I do think that to an extent, like it's a good thing to do, but I really think that a lot of times professional small business owners, especially like the quote unquote solopreneur that's like, you know, doing it on their own and figuring it out as they go, we tend to overshare sometimes, which in itself is kind of an unpopular opinion. I feel whenever I say like, maybe you keep that quiet to yourself and you keep it. Yes right? Keep it professional. I really appreciate you sharing that insight because I think it is something that nobody really talks about. With that being said, like, tell us about your unpopular opinion on this topic. Okay. So 
I, uh, I don't think you have to share your struggles or personal life online. And I know that there's benefits. I just don't think it's something we should feel pressure to do. Like, I just don't think, I think sometimes when we follow like an influencer, we assume we know like the full story, but there's so much you aren't seeing. And the nuggets of information that we're like, that we're seeing from them are all shared with like perception in mind. Like they're all being everyone's being careful about what they're sharing so it's not like true vulnerability in my opinion like it's selective sharing so like to be honest I used to feel this pressure to share and be vulnerable and like air my dirty laundry online to help others but I like truly think it's okay to keep things private if that's what makes sense for you you don't owe anyone that information unless it's something you feel called to do obviously I just also think it's really smart to wait until you're like through something until you have clarity to like share it I see so often people sharing things in the moment and I think sometimes that that can be a mistake because you come at it with emotion and you aren't fully like thinking in a logical way and maybe you're sharing like oversharing like you were saying. I don't know, just check yourself and ask why you're sharing and if it makes sense for you then you know that's that's totally you but I just really don't think anyone should feel pressured to air their dirty laundry. I completely agree 100% with this unpopular opinion. I think that it's something that feels whenever I, I think about it, I think, am I being too harsh in this judgment? But at the same time, a lot of times fellow business owners and people that I've mentored have actually asked, like, what do you think about the fact that I shared this? And I'll tell them because I, I typically don't hold back in these situations. (laughs) I will tell them, you know, I really do think that you're putting doubt into your clients' minds. I had a mentoring student who, um, she has said that I've, I could use this as an example. So luckily I have clearance, not that I would ever share her information, but right. she, she went through a time that was difficult for her and she was sharing kind of weekly, like, oh, I'm so sorry if you're waiting on emails back, if you're waiting on communication back, it's coming, it's coming. I'm so overwhelmed. And I basically told her during one of our talks I really think that you need to stop sharing that onto social media because now you're telling thousands of people instead of the three people who are waiting for communication from you that you're not able to communicate. Right. Because sometimes it doesn't come off as vulnerable. Like you lose people's trust. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and that's definitely like not what she meant by it. It just, of course it's, it's sometimes hard to draw that boundary and draw that line because I think when we see other people on social media being vulnerable, it turns into a cycle of, well, they're doing it. I need to do it too. And that's just not always the case. So I really appreciate your um, perspective on that as well. Yes. Like I cannot tell you how long I was in business and I felt so much pressure to be very personable on my, in my business, but I learned very quickly that that just didn't fit for me and I'll share things about myself, but I'm, I'm really a private person. Like I really, not with my friends, but online, like I don't, like you said, I don't want to air my business to thousands of people, um, and lose someone's trust over it. And I'm not saying that always happens. I have plenty of friends who share a lot about their life and it works for them, but I just don't think you have to, like, it's not required. You shouldn't feel pressured. You can keep it to yourself. Like it's okay. You know? Yeah. And I think it's good that you're saying that because you and I even are different in that. Like I share more than you do on my social media, but I'm still more selective than other friends that we have who feel super comfortable sharing everything. And so it is definitely a balancing act and it's definitely a personal choice, but I I love that you're basically just giving permission for somebody to say like, I don't have to do this if I don't want to. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really, I so appreciate your candor and just the fact that you're so willing to be open and just, I love this conversation. So thank you so much for everything that you have brought to our show. Of course. And can I just say like one last thing? Please do. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I had to say that I'm on your (laughs) podcast. Are we serious? I just want to say that if you've been through something hard or made a mistake or making a mistake, and one thing I want you to take from this is like something about say is the truth. Your mistake does not define you. Does not define you. You're so worthy. You're so incredible. You're talented. Like take that mistake, turn it into something awesome, move forward, learn from it. Yeah. That's pretty much all I want to say. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. And I know that I'm going to take that to heart as well. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Yay. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being on Natalie. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.